All right, guys, we want to bring up another sponsor of ours. It is Kelsey Picker Realtor with Keller Williams Coastal Area Partners. And if you need to buy or sell property anywhere in the United States, go to kelseypicker.kw.com. And her information will be at the bottom of that page or reach out to us at any of our social media pages or our email. And we will be happy to put you in touch. <laughs> Who's that coming down the track? Who's that coming down the track? It's a mean machine and red and black. It's a mean machine and red and black. What's up, y'all? This is John and Mike back for another episode of the Nothing Finer podcast. Sorry about that. I'm uh, I'm recovering from a sinus infection, which has made its way to the point where now all I do is call. Um, but tonight we've got some news to start things off and then some fun off-season content for y'all. Um, but before we get started... How was your weekend and what are you drinking? Uh, hey, all right. So uh, pretty good weekend for the most part. We went to uh, Palm Coast for my father-in-law's birthday and then, you know, a joint father-in-law, our father, father-in-law's birthday, Mother's Day thing. You know, Jen, my mother-in-law, my mom were all, you know, all together at the same time. So that was fun. It was like the best Airbnb house or just best house period that I've ever been to. So that was awesome. Um, and then... Um, as far as what I'm drinking, I, I just cracked open the uh, last of my birthday stash that I got a few months ago. Some Savannah branded uh, vodka. Best in the low country is what it says all over it. So uh, <laughs> not bad so far. Uh, how about you? What are you mixing it with? I, I'm so fucking gross. It's just I <laughs> I had some Diet Coke left over because I don't have anything here. I don't have any juice. I don't have anything. So That's down bad. <laughs> it, it really is. It's not... I would highly discourage anybody from doing this. I mean, it's as good as I can make it, good as I can do in uh, in a pinch, but it's what it is. Yeah, so this weekend we um, we went up to Augusta for a friend of ours, baby's first birthday party. Um, that was the nicest house I've ever spent a lot of time in. Mm-hmm. Um. And then they followed us back down here. So yesterday we went to the beach and went out to dinner and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, as good as I have been over the past couple of years about not getting sunburnt, I did get burnt yesterday. And it's that uh, it's the uncomfortable, not really sunburnt, but your shirt sticks to your skin where it is. So that's yeah, that's pretty shitty. Fuck, man. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> you got to be shitting my fucking dick. They ha- they're not even top fucking three. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> what the Did fuck? we say off the top of the NBA draft is tonight? Or the draft lottery? What? The lottery. <laughs> God damn it, man. Yeah, the draft lottery is tonight. And Mike is reacting to Detroit getting screwed. So Detroit, I was telling John before we started, Detroit had um, the, the, you know, tie for the best odds to get the number one pick. 
Um, if anybody, any of you guys follow the NBA, Victor Wembanyama is supposed to be the best prospect since LeBron. He's like seven foot five, uh, you know, Kevin Durant style, you know, mold. Except you know he's French, so it's different. Um, but the NBA just fucking hates Detroit. I uh, fucking NHL hates the Red Wings for some fucking reason because they fell all the way to fucking nine. Detroit, uh, fucking hopeless. They benched the whole fucking team this year. To, to to tank. I'm getting texted from my family about what's going on. <laughs> Nothing. You, the, you know what? There's no who, there's no reason first? to watch basketball. What's that? You got first. They went on commercial. They uh they stopped at the uh top four. So I think I saw uh Charlotte, Houston. Um, who else was it? I'll have to see. They're gonna come back for commercial in a second, but it, I mean I don't fucking know. You know what? Fuck the NBA. You know what? This is a college football <laughs> primarily podcast. Basket, co- the NBA doesn't fucking exist. Don't worry about it. It's canceled. <laughs> fuck, fuck this shit. I guess I can't watch them again for another two or three fucking years. All right. Anyway. Um, But I am drinking a smoke wagon, <laughs> uncut, unfiltered. This is batch number 93. There is not really a rhyme or reason to their batches, unlike some of the other uh, barrel-proof stuff that I drink. But, Mike, if you can see it, let's put it in front of me. Yeah, let me it's a dope-ass bottle. Ooh, nice. There Black you go. stamp. And then, uh, I don't know if you can see it, but they have, like, flowers and all sorts of vines in, like, part of the glass itself. Mm-hmm. Nice. There you go. But it's also good whiskey. So there you go. Um, all right, guys. So we're just gonna roll right into the news here because the off-season content probably got a little carried away because you guys know how I do it. Um we are going to start off with football, although there have been a ton of developments through a lot of sports over the last week. Um, the biggest news of the weekend slash yesterday. Dylan Rayola committed to the G, and through my research, that is the highest-rated quarterback to ever commit to the University of Georgia, and he joins Ryan Puglisi in the 2024 class for quarterbacks. Um, I mean, he's the number one overall recruit for next season, so, I mean, that's huge. And with Ryan Puglisi, like, I I saw that, like, he can – I mean, he has a – Hand in for an arm. I mean, he can he can toss it seventy yards down the field as well. So, um, an embarrassment of riches at this point. I'm excited about it. Uh, one one thing that I mentioned, and you know, I kind of said to other people I've been talking about since yesterday when the news broke, is I mean, I, I love Riola. His his dad played for the Lions. He was uh, Matt Stafford's center with them in all the lean years and the in the glory is, but. Uh, they're still really close, the the two families, Stafford and the Riola family. And uh, Dylan calls Matt Stafford Uncle Matthew. So that's obviously had a big uh, influence on him choosing UGA. But the other thing I wanted to point out was that Dylan has played at three high schools. Um, and he's you know only played, you know, it's finishing up his junior year right now. So that's a little bit concerning. But, I mean, the talent's there. So just get excited, y'all. So I've heard that brought up 
a few times about playing at three different high schools. Is it because of moving or is it private schools or what? I Do you know what's going on there? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Cause like it, he's playing in uh, like, is it like suburban Phoenix or Scottsdale or well, I guess Scottsdale. Yeah. He's out of Arizona somewhere. So, I mean, his dad played at Nebraska. I'm not sure if the family's originally from Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska recruits. His uncle's you know, a coach actually. in Nebraska. Yeah. And it, and and you know Dominic Rylo's obviously a pretty good you know player coming out of uh, out of Nebraska. So it's one of those things that we talked about with like Justice Hay is like we you know these kids want to to uh, they want to you know carve uh, carve their own path so to speak and kind of get out of their parents' shadow or you know relative shadow. So it makes it makes sense for him to go somewhere else. Yeah, no, I'm I am super excited about him. Either either quarterback I think would be great. Mm-hmm. But um I mean, we've got Dylan after his commitment, Ohio State five-star wide receiver commit, Jeremiah Smith. Mm-hmm. Um and for those of you that don't know, Dylan Rayola was also committed to Ohio State at one point during this cycle. So there is definitely a connection there. But wide receiver, five-star, Jeremiah Smith has said that Dylan Rayola's commitment to the University of Georgia has made him look at Georgia much harder and actually today scheduled an official visit to Athens this coming weekend. Ooh, um, okay. So, so flip watch, 100% flip watch on him. Because he seems to be one of those guys that is just I'm going wherever Dylan's going. So, um, so I pulled up Dylan. Not that this is the most trustworthy thing, but I pulled up Dylan Riola. He has a Wikipedia page, so that's huge as a junior in high school. And according to the Carmax commercials with Steph Curry, you can't edit your own Wikipedia page. I quick like side note. So in high school, when like we actually got like internet worth of shit at in at school, I would edit like Joey Harrington's Wikipedia page all the time and make him seem like a fucking god. Um but um <laughs> with uh with Ryle uh, with uh, Dylan Ryle so sophomore season it was at Burleson High School, thirty three hundred yards, thirty two touchdowns, five picks, nine rushing touchdowns. Um, and then he transferred to Chandler High School, which doesn't sound none of these sound private except for maybe Pinnacle. He's transferring there for a senior season. But I mean, it doesn't really say much without like digging like super deep into it. But um Yeah, these states are so they they're so weird about transferring between public high schools. I'm assuming his family moved. Just assuming. Yeah. So Pinnacle High School. Oh, never mind. I was gonna say it's a charter school, but it's in the Paradise Valley United School District, so it's a public school. So that's it's in Phoenix. So he's gonna play against a bigger competition, you know, for for what that's worth in excuse me in Phoenix. So that's interesting. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Do you want to talk about the running back transfer that we got? I believe it was today. Yeah, it was it was today or like early this morning. I couldn't remember what it was, but uh, Lenneth Whitehead, uh, he played, uh, committed originally committed to uh, Tennessee. He played at uh, Athens Academy, so he local kid, uh, grew up in Athens. Uh, uh, originally in the twenty twenty class, he was a top one hundred fifty player. I think he was like at one forty seven, if I if if I remember correctly. Um, 
um, from uh, 20, uh, 247 or 247, however you want to say it. He has three years of eligibility left, but uh, 247 saying that he may not be able, he may not be eligible this year uh, um, because he's transferring within the conference and he entered the conference, yeah, uh, the conference transfer portal, the transfer portal in general, um, or there, I guess there's a deadline to to transfer to say you're transferring to like an interconference thing. Yeah, so I, I believe. I believe the rule on that is you have to enter the portal during the winter period to mm-hmm. be able to transfer to a conference school. You can, I mean, as yeah. far as I know, you could commit in May as long mm-hmm. as you were in the portal in January. Well, my understanding, like from what 247 said, I'm going to keep saying it either way. Um, he, they They said that he had entered the portal in December. So I don't understand what, yeah, if there's that... like a specific rule for inter, you know, interconference transfers. No, there I, is. I thought that was over with. A, no, there there is an in interconference or intra conference rule. Yeah, um, but considering he is transferring back to Athens where he grew up, he may be able to appeal that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I know the rule was, you know, if you're going back to be closer to home, it has to be within 100 miles. And if you went to Athens Academy, it's like five. So, yeah, shout out well within that limit. Yeah, Luke Luke Ford knows that rule all too well when he when the the Georgia uh, tight end that transferred to Illinois a few years ago before the you know being able to transfer you know you know at your leisure uh, was allowed. He got so screwed. Oh, for real. I mean, and I don't I don't even think he stayed at Illinois. I think he went somewhere else afterward, like after he played a year, I think. I could be wrong. I think he, he may have just transferred again. But um that sucks for him. It it really does. I mean, you know, what could have been? But um with uh with Whitehead though, in his you know, two like he he missed last season with the uh with a knee injury. And I think, like career-wise, he has like 200-ish uh, yards. So I mean, he's not—he's there for more for depth at this point, like, as he's recovering from uh, his uh, injuries and stuff like that. But um, you know, the talent's there, especially you know, coming out of high school. So you know, maybe, hopefully, if he plays this year, provides some more depth since we've been you no know, decimated in the in the off. I don't want to say off season, but you know, in spring practice and, and going forward. So uh, it could be a big thing. Yeah, and, but along with that, the good news is all the players that were injured in the spring should be back for the fall. So, mm-hmm. just another embarrassment of riches in uh, in Athens, as far as that goes. Yeah, for sure. Um. So, as much as we have tried to not harp on this story. We do need to talk about the developments with the Jalen Carter saga. And so over the weekend, reports came out that his license was suspended. But they were quickly refuted by Jalen Carter's lawyer, even though the um, even though it didn't get near as much attention that it was refuted. But that's kind of beside the point. This is for the narrative. Yeah, exactly. So Jalen Carter's lawyer says that his license was not suspended because if it was suspended, he would be in jail instead of they had that settlement, made the deal, whatever it is, to where he has probation and community service, which 
I personally know people who have driven on a suspended license and regardless of the situation, they went to jail. So I, that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Um, but in also connected to the, uh, story here, Devin Willick's family has used the alleged license suspension to bring another lawsuit on both the university and Jalen Carter. Um, so that's currently two lawsuits totaling over $100 million in uh, what they're looking for. But it's just a sad situation. Like, I mm-hmm. I want to continue to not harp on this because it's, I mean, it's just sad, but it's a wild story. Most of the information is not public. So anybody that does talk about it is speculating. And that's just, I will speculate about coaches and the transfer portal and how teams are going to do this season. But when it comes to legal cases involving literally loss of life, I, I that's something I'm not willing to speculate about. Yeah. And that would be, you know, why, like wildly unfair and reckless to, you know, make accusations and all that. And, and, and about, you know, either, you know, either, you know, parties like family and all that, like everybody grieves differently and all that. And I, I mean, I couldn't imagine, especially the parents of both of them, you know, what they're going through. So, you know, we'll, you know, keep that at a minimum, but just, you know, keeping y'all updated with that. So moving on to some more positive stuff for at least a second here, because we are talking about baseball in a minute. Um, The NCAA softball tournament was announced and the Lady Diamond Dogs are hosting a regional against Boston University, Virginia Tech, and NC Central. The Georgia softball first game is Friday at 4.30. There is a game before that for the regional, but Georgia's first game is Friday at 4. They are playing NC Central, and the rest of their games are to be announced based on the result of those first two games that are being played on Friday. I mean, that's super exciting, especially because – none of those teams are are really concerning for the way that Georgia softball's played this season. So I'm hoping hoping they at least get to a super regional, but unless some very high seeds get knocked out, Georgia will probably not host a super regional because they did lose to South Carolina in their first game of the SEC softball tournament and dropped down to 16th overall being the actual last seed to host a uh, a regional, but but they are hosting the bats. Yeah, they're one. They're hosting, but two, if they can get their bats going, because they they fell asleep at LSU and they were still napping in Fayetteville for the SEC tournament. But if they can wake them up, they could go deep. They've got the potential. They got the talent. They just need the offense to do a little bit more. Yep. Um, Going back to some sad stuff here, because we are talking about baseball. The Diamond Dogs got swept against Missouri this past weekend. And um, considering Missouri was last in the SEC East for baseball, um, it's fucking awful. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, Especially after what they did with uh, against Tennessee, 
like just to come out and just shit the bed like that is tough. Yeah, no, it was extremely disappointing. It it was exactly what we saw early in the season against so many teams. The bats were on fire. If you don't know, Georgia scored more than 28 runs through three games against Missouri. The -hmm. problem is they gave up a lot more than 28 (laughs) runs through the weekend at Missouri. Both of the or the second and third game, they literally lost in walk-off fashion to Missouri in the bottom of the ninth inning, which is frustrating. Uh, yeah, put it mildly. I, yeah, I, all this series did was fan the flames that had started to die down, that are heating up Coach Strickland's seat. That's all it did. Mm-hmm. Because to lose a series against the worst team in the division and get swept when you were last week projected to actually make the postseason, and now it's highly in question going against the number two team in the country, LSU, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. If they don't make the postseason, it would not shock me in the least if right after that comes out, they announce coach is gone. Mm-hmm. God, what a I mean, what a roller coaster of emotions it's been the last what month or so with uh with Coach Strickland. Yes. I mean, to say again, to put that mildly, I mean the the highs and then after this this past weekend, that's that's a tough look. And is the uh LSU series, is it in Baton Rouge or is it uh in Athens? In Athens. Okay, so uh, maybe you know <laughs> i mean that's yeah. a big ask yeah but i mean straight no, as we can attest to i mean stranger things have happened in the last month they won series against top 10 kentucky top current top five arkansas mm-hmm. and lost it got swept oh not to mention number 18, Tennessee, and then got swept by the last team in the division. And then you are just lucky enough to finish the season against LSU. Mm -hmm. They got the work cut off on. Yeah. But positive baseball news, Charlie Condon broke the SEC freshman home run record this past weekend against Missouri by hitting his 24th homer of the season. He still does have a midweek game this week. I believe it's Western Carolina. And then obviously the weekend series against LSU to further that record. But regardless, Charlie has beat the shit out of the ball this year. 24 home runs and counting just for the regular season. Because regardless of what happens, there's at least the SEC tournament. They got to see if they can get him to pitch. It had to be like a Shohei Otani or something. <laughs> God, we. I mean, honestly, they. Uh, I still have some eligibility left. I'll go back to college and throw 40-mile-an-hour balls. They're harder to hit. <laughs> they are. I mean, you see uh, – who who the hell – they like? was it last week or the week before? Ronald Acuna got struck out by a position player that was, like, throwing, like, 40 or 50, and then he hit him with, like, a 70-mile-an-hour out of nowhere. Yes. Ridiculous. La- I mean, last night the Rangers had their uh, second catcher pitch the ninth inning because it was – so far and away, mm-hmm. and 
he got two guys out and also gave up a home run to Marcelo Zuna. <laughs> Marcel? How you how do you let him get a hit? I don't know. I don't get it. Well, it was a home run. Oh, okay. So yeah, not yeah. a okay. Yeah, I no, mean, I boomer talking in this uh fantasy baseball group yesterday. Marcelo Zuna is on track to hit 30 home runs this year and have a batting average below 200. I mean, shit, he's going to have, if he can hit 20 or 30 home runs, regardless of how many times he strikes out or doesn't get on base, he there's a spot for him. That's the new MLB. Is what it is. But um, you, you, you were saying about the eligibility thing, just like Stetson. I, well, not like Stetson. I did graduate, but it did also take me like six years. Um, that, I know that's a point of contention. <laughs> I, you know what? We'll get into it a little bit. I was under the impression he graduated in 2020. Because I, I, I had heard he graduated in 2020, and I also heard by someone that he was getting his master's either in a couple weeks or in June. Mm-hmm. That it's still, it, I feel like Georgia does a pretty good job. I mean, he may have not even like attended the ceremony or whatever. I guess it was 2020, so they, um, they probably did it virtual or whatever. But they tend to do a good job. Like anytime an athlete graduates, like you know, doing the photo op with them and all that. Like I, I feel like that would have been resurfaced, um, at a minimum, or they would have had some social media post with him on it, regardless if you know he wasn't a starter. In, you know, you know, in 2020, at least at the end of it. So. I, I, it would be shocking. I mean, with him going to Mississippi and not, uh, you know, the Mississippi Community College area, East Mississippi or whatever the hell it was. Jones. Him, Jones College, that's right. I'm thinking of uh, the Netflix series. But, you know, not everything transfers, as I know. That's why it took me so long. But I feel like that would have been reported on and we, w- we would have a clear answer if he had. He did. So was he... And I'm asking because I don't remember when when a player that has already graduated is playing their SEC logo says graduate under it. I think that's a, I think so. It's either that or they're in graduate school. I can't I can't remember. I, I want to say they that means they grad they graduated though. I I really want to see if I can go back and find any pictures of him with that on his jersey. No, because that would have came up for sure, though. I don't know, man. Everybody loves hating on Stetson, even Georgia fans. Yeah, I saw I saw a meme saying, oh, he you know, Stetson talked about how much he cares about school and then he doesn't graduate. It's like nobody said he'd give a fuck about it. Like, just like Cardell Jones said, he's not there to play fucking school. He's there to fucking win championships and break records. That's all he's there for. And unlike Cardell Jones, Stetson won championships. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Cardell won it. He won that uh that first uh college football championship. A championship, but not oh, yeah. championships. championships. Right. Oh, wait. So here's what I I found it real quick. So the SEC introduced a patch in 2016 for student athletes in all sports, excuse me, who have already earned their degree but have not exhausted their eligibility. The SEC logo patch on their uniforms is replaced with a special patch with the word graduate underneath the conference logo. The patch is similar in design to all conference schools, but it's school specific in color. So they graduated, but they still have like undergrad eligibility left. 
is how I read that. So now I just need to go back and watch every game that Stetson's played in since 2020 and see if I see it. I I, I don't I don't think so. I don't think it was there. I swear, or, or else somebody would have pointed that out. I, I feel like I would I, hope. Yeah, no, you're probably right. But it just gives me an excuse to go back and watch more football. <laughs> you would think about all the times I've gone back and rewatched, like especially like the biggest games over like since the season ended, that I would notice it or at least remember it. But I don't. But I don't. Yeah, I don't think it was there. Hold on, I have a picture from the championship game this year as my oh, background. Oh no, it's there. Nope, it's not there. I see. It's I'm so there. close to it. I'm like, <laughs> it's not there. <laughs> investigative journalism guys is what we're here for <laughs> for sure oh uh, all right so we are going to move on to tennis fairly quickly here because both the men's and women's tennis teams are moving on to the elite eight i know i said that last week but i was incorrect there were eight matches but 16 teams i'm kind of stupid it's okay um but this time i am correct because the men's tennis team page posted they were moving on to the elite eight so I'm covered. I, I got called their somebody shot. to blame if I'm still stupid. They called their shot. Uh, but the ladies team beat Oklahoma four to one and are moving on to the Orlando portion of the tournament and playing Michigan on Wednesday at 5 p.m. So essentially the day you're listening to this at 5 p.m. And the men's team beat Harvard four to two. And they are also moving on to the Orlando portion of the tournament. It's actually in Lake Nona, but it's Orlando area. Um, and they are playing an Ohio State University on Thursday at 7.30 p.m. And as much shit as we do talk about Ohio State in every way, form, or fashion, Ohio State was the number two seed in the country coming into the men's tennis tournament. So... Let's just uh, let's hope the boys are on their P's and Q's and can once again dash Ohio State's dreams. I don't know what the equivalent would be of like a, a botched field goal in tennis. I don't know. Just a, I have no idea what that would be, but I hope I hope we see it. Hitting the net on the final point. There you go. Faulting. Double fault. Give it up. Maybe that's what it is, too. I don't Hitting know. the net, unlike their kicker did. all right so we are moving on to our uh fun off-season content here and before we get started if you care about the marvel cinematic universe and you have not seen the movies like you want to see them but you haven't i recommend not listening past this point. But this is, there's nothing about the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie in here. I didn't even put anything about the most recent Doctor Strange movie in here. So if you are a few months behind, you should, should still be good. I didn't put anything about the new Ant-Man. So as long as you are not, I don't know, three years behind, you should be okay. Which I'm um, not. But <laughs> I am but, I, I, I'm very far behind. So this will be fun for me. See what I can watch and what I can't. So we are doing SEC programs as MCU movies. 
And honestly, this came up the other day when I was um, when I was watching the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I was like, this would be something fun that I can spend way too much time on and overthink, and people probably tell me I'm wrong. Oh, sorry, I had to get a drink. All right. Oh, oh man, I thought I cut out again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit. <laughs> All right, so we are starting, and this is way out of order. There's a, this, honestly, the order was whatever I thought of the comparison in, and then I did put the last few in an actual order. Um, but other than that, it's just how it came to mind. So we're starting with Arkansas. And for me, the comp is Captain America, the first Avenger. Because no one hates Arkansas, just like no one hates no. first Captain America. Overall, a great athletic program and overall a great movie. And what really sealed this one for me, because I was thinking about a few different uh, movies for Arkansas, is that Captain America essentially started the Avengers during World War II and was an integral part of the story for the MCU just like Sam Pittman has helped build dominant offensive lines and programs across the SEC and the rest of the country. Coach Pittman has coached at the following programs that are prominent names in college football, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Missouri, Kansas, North Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, and Arkansas twice now. So has literally built, let's see how many of these programs have been either in title games or in the playoff in the last 20 years. One, two, three, four. Five of those programs have been in national title games since the BCS era started or in the playoffs. So, yeah. I, I mean, that that in itself started it off, kept it going, kept it strong. Arkansas, Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. can't hate it i'll take your word for it i think the one thing i'll 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 add to that because again i i'm i've wanted to watch them all but my kids haven't been like begging me like to do it i mean we have disney plus i can catch up on it like over the summer like during break and everything but the fact that captain america only has one star makes him captain puerto rico or texas yeah or ohio for that matter right i think ohio has one star don't do that to him <laughs> that makes him a villain. Oh, uh, fuck. Yeah, you're right. Speaking of Texas, we're doing Texas A&M next. And it is another Captain America movie. This time it is the Winter Soldier. And I did that because in this movie, Captain America struggles to adapt to current society in the same way that Jimbo has struggled to catch up with modern football. <laughs> He also had to deal with the reality of the world he has um, come to know crumbling around him, just like Jimbo has over the past two seasons, with losing a large chunk chunk of the recruiting class they bought, leave, and facing a losing season and a rising feeling in the chances that he should be fired. Along with having to fork over play calling duties, the world that Jimbo has known since Florida State is long gone, and he is still trying to find a way to deal with it. I mean, it's tough to feel bad for Jimbo, but that seems pretty spot on as well. 
Yeah. That was, I, good. I, that was good. I'm actually really proud of this next one, too. And we are mm-hmm. switching gears to Vanderbilt. And for those of you that don't know, yes, they are still in the SEC, at least for now. Um, This one's The Incredible Hulk. And that's because it's not a great movie in its own right, but it is a huge part of the rest of the story. Vandy has been a massive part of changing storylines in the SEC, beating Georgia in 2016, being a huge part of why so many of those players came back for that 2017 season. Just this past year, Vandy beating Kentucky and Florida was their equivalent of the Hulk turning into the smart Hulk in Endgame and helping create the time machine that saved the world. Saved the world from Florida being decent. Stop also, them being number one. Anthony Richardson going number one, too. Possibly. You never know. Possibly. Um, And it doesn't hurt that... Vandy went two full seasons without an SEC win like the Marvel Cinematic Universe went two calendar years without the Hulk being in a movie due to him being quite literally lost in space. Really? How yes. how do you get lost in space? I'm, I'm, I have no idea. You just you just have to watch or keep okay. listening. Okay, I'll, I'll get there. I will I will add one other thing because I do know something about a little something about the Hulk. Bruce Banner, obviously smart guy, Vanderbilt, smarty pants school. Just so basically everybody that's come out of Vanderbilt except for James Franklin, f- fucking smart. So it makes sense. I don't know, man. James Franklin is pretty smart because every year he gets his agent to get him a raise when he doesn't deserve it. Fair, very fair. Outside of the 2016 season, he has not deserved a raise once. Mm-mm. I mean, he has perpetually made. Penn State, like the third best team in the uh, Big Ten East, and he's gotten them to Rose Bowls. I don't, which he doesn't deserve, but he's gotten them there, and that's getting them, yeah, gotten them extensions and all that. So, but okay. to be, I mean, if we're if we're really being honest here, with the way the Big Ten is set up, the Big Ten, the third best team in the Big Ten East is the third best team in the Big Ten. Oh, for sure. I mean, the Big Ten Championship has the best team in the conference and a team for the uh, maybe six or seven. <laughs> yeah, like whoever whoever wanted it, whoever was the least shitty in the West. So normally Wisconsin, but sometimes Purdue can uh, sneak up in there. So we are going to move on to Mizzou here. And before anyone gets upset, let me explain. And so Mizzou is the just the MCU Spider-Man trilogy. And I'm not saying these movies aren't good because they are. I'm not saying Missouri isn't a good football team because they are at times. I mean, they've won the East more recently than teams like South Carolina and Tennessee. Don't forget that. Never forget. But I'm saying that regardless of how good they have been and can be, they just don't quite fit in. Right. Right. Just like how the new Spider-Man movies don't quite fit in because they are part of the MCU but still owned by Sony. The culture is just different. And I know a lot of y'all, or a lot of y'all know that I have a soft spot for Mizzou because I know how good they used to be and how good they still can be with the right leadership in place, just like how I think Spider-Man series would be better off back in the fold at Disney with the rest of the MCU movies. 
just like how I think Mizzou would be better off attempting to find another head coach. For sure. I don't, yeah, I don't know how much longer drink can be there, but again, it makes well, sense. He got, ex- he not got extended last year. He, he in, inexplicably. I don't – again, mo- most people that follow college football, and especially the SEC, don't understand that. I don't get it, I, except for maybe, again, the whole recruiting aspect. Like, oh, we're gonna he's going to stay around for a little bit longer because it's tough to recruit if you're a lame duck. So, sure. I mean, we were asking Adam Spencer on the podcast before the extension came out if he was going to get fired if he lost to Georgia. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then a week later, he gets extended, so – well, I mean, they didn't win, but they came the closest to beating Georgia last year. So I guess that counts for something. We got cold taked very quickly on uh, on the drink hot seat talk. <laughs> Will he get fired? No, he's going to get <laughs> millions of dollars more. I need that kind of job. I'm so bad yeah. I get a raise. The amount of people that fail upward is just <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah, I need yeah. maybe one day. Now we're going to move on to South Carolina. And once again, I'm going to, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to keep saying it because this whole thing is just going to piss people off. South Carolina is Thor Ragnarok because when fans watch this movie, they think back to Thor 1 and how good the series used to be. Just like how South Carolina fans think back to the Spurrier era. And when they were able to win the East and think about, man, how good this used to be. Both the fans of this movie and the fans of this team will defend them to the death about how good they are. But in reality, there have been more misses than hits when it comes to these series. The thing is, though, if you take both this team and this movie at face value, they're damn fun to watch. The way South Carolina ended the season last year, And the shallow humor in the movie, along with the classic rock music, they're fun for when you just take it for what it is. But just like like how in how Ragnarok ends in tragedy with Asgard being destroyed, South Carolina lost their bowl game to a decimated Notre Dame team. Yeah, and I, again, one thing I'll I'll, uh, I'll add to that is... Don't know what uh, comic universe or cinematic universe that Hellboy's in, but Columbia, as we know, we've talked about everyone. Everyone knows Columbia is the hottest place on earth. So I would imagine that Columbia in September is what hell feels like. So there we go. Yeah, it's fair. I, I have lived in Columbia in September, and it's worse than you could imagine. If I'm if I'm being entirely honest, it's yeah. ridiculous. Hmm. So now we're going to move, we are moving on to Florida. And this is probably going to piss a lot of Georgia fans off. Florida is the first Iron Man. Okay. I say that because Florida is really the team that started the SEC dominance in the relative modern era, starting back with uh, Ryan Leaf, Tim Tebow. I mean, they they were around dominating college football before Saban got to and started the program at Alabama. That's why I say they started it. Um, the problem is, and here's where the negativity comes in. Y'all didn't think I was going to be nice to Florida. The program fell off in a similar way that the movies did after that first hit because 
if you have seen them, you know Iron Man 2 and 3 are just not, they're not it. Like, they're good. They continue the story. Kind of like how uh, McElwain and Muschamp and Mullen, like, they continue the story. They're not, they're, I, you're not going to sit down and be like, man, I really want to watch Iron Man 2 today. Just like how Florida <laughs> fans aren't going to sit down and be like, damn, I really want to watch a Jim McElwain coach the game today. You know what's funny? Um, the uh, the story like on my like like memories thing came up about Jim McElwain and the the shark thing came up like a few days ago. So that was some anniversary of that not too long ago. Well, that's uh, I'm just going to gloss right over that because we will get on a long ass tangent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. The movies look much better when you look at them as a whole with the MCU, just like how Florida looks much better when you put them in perspective with the rest of the SEC, because they might have been six and six, but they beat some teams they probably shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, But it is ironic how similar it is to when in Iron Man two and three, Iron Man really got his ass kicked quite a bit. Just like how Florida did after the uh, after the Urban Meyer area era, um, got lost here. The similarities do stop when you think about how Iron Man developed a lot of suits in the second and third movies. When Florida has failed to develop a lot of players, with the exception of somehow Stockholming the NFL into. Uh, believing that Anthony Richardson is a good quarterback and getting drafted at fourth overall. Just like how a lot of people say that Iron Man is their favorite trilogy throughout the MCU. Yeah, they're lying to themselves because the first one was so good. You know what? I mean, Florida's uh, the blueprint, for at least getting people drafted in the top five, just have them work, you know, work out, just be workout warriors, underwear, uh, Olympic warriors, and, you know, just show enough potential and you'll get, you know, be top five, just like Anthony Richardson. I'm, I'm glad that he's in Indianapolis for him to kind of just not do anything at all. That would be fun. I mean, the good news is they let Peyton lead the league in interceptions his rookie year and never pulled him. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get a well, really like Andrew, long leash. Well, like Andrew Luck kind of struggled a little bit his uh, his rookie year as well, I, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. No, it wasn't great, but the difference is Andrew Luck was uh, – a very intelligent football player. Yes, Stanford education. We're going to talk about Kentucky next. And I know I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly. So if you're an MCU fan, suck it. Because I can't even pronounce this. Um, Shang-Chi, which underrated MCU movie, just like Kentucky is an underrated SEC program. The problem is it's forgotten around the grand scheme of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, just how a lot of people forget about what Kentucky has been able to do under Mark Stoops and elevating their program as a whole. Granted, the team could have done better in spots, just like the movie could have. Um, but also, Shang-Chi ended up needing a change of scenery and a new teacher to reach the height of his abilities, just like Devin Leary is getting coming to Kentucky with Liam Cohen, now the offensive coordinator once again at Kentucky. 
And Shang-Chi realizes the full strength of his abilities just in time to save the way in a similar way that I think Devin Leary is capable of as long as the offensive line is able to keep him upright. At the end of the movies, the main character gets upstaged by Wong, just like how towards the end of every season, Kentucky football gets upstaged by the promise of the basketball team. Regardless, both overall are great and don't necessarily get the respect they deserve. You got to be careful of Wong, definitely. That always gets you. Yeah, you know, a fat Wong, it'll always sneak up on you. <laughs> Especially, you know, come from behind. Got to keep <laughs> swatted away. If you have kids, don't explain that. No, we're talking about the movie. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, going to Tennessee. And this is Doctor Strange. Just like Doctor Strange for the accident, the program overestimated their abilities, both under Butch Jones and Jeremy Pruitt. Ironically, it took an accident to change Doctor Strange into the hero that he has become. And it took level one NCAA violations to get the program to change directions to Josh Heupel and the new athletic director. The football team also has a weakness and cannot reach the heights. It. Oh, boy, was I drunk when I typed this up? The football team also has weakness and cannot reach the heights that it desires without a sidekick, the same way that Dr. Strange needs Wong. The problem for the football team is that the offense is Dr. Strange and they don't have their Wong, a.k.a. defense. Sorry. But... (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Both the offense and Dr. Strange have incredible abilities that can be taken away with the right scheme for Dr. Strange. Tie his hands up. He does it all with his hands. For the football team, that weakness is a slot corner blitz. Yep. At Javon Bullard destroying any hopes that Tennessee had this past season. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be able to watch those movies with your kids. No, not at all. I... <laughs> yeah, uh, none of my kids are going to be able to handle it. I mean, they have the same sense of humor as me, so... Yeah, I'll have to skip over Doctor Strange in uh in the last one. <laughs> Moving on to Ole Miss. And for this one, I've got Deadpool. Because yes. if if you are the type of person who loves a wild story, being self-aware by breaking the third wall, crazy action and profanity, you love both Deadpool and Ole Miss football. Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool is a person and actor that everyone loves. And I really think that Lane Kiffin is the same way as a coach and a person because he says the shit that other people don't. He says, he says the quiet shit out loud. Yes. They both have an odd conglomeration of characters with Kiffin hiring DJ Durkin at one point and Deadpool teaming up with Cable from in the second Deadpool movie. The sum to sum up this one, it's wild and fun to watch because you truly don't know what's about to happen, but you know, regardless, it's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. For sure, I, it, it, you're going to have some losses in there, but I mean, you're going to have some fun, uh, some fun moments uh, sprinkled in there in the, throughout the season. So, 
Yeah, I like that. Mississippi State. For this one, I have Black Panther Wakanda Forever. All-time great character, passes away shortly after a big development in their story. T'Challa, after realizing that a protectionist mindset for his people didn't benefit them, and Mike Leach, after he realized that running the football is not the devil. But beyond their tragic deaths, T'Challa had advanced long-range weapons with vibranium and their aircraft, while Mike Leach innovated the game of football with the improved air raid offense. But after these major characters passed away, they were succeeded by fan favorites that were part of changing their respective programs. The new leads also had major victories in their first appearances with Zach Arnett beating Illinois in their bowl game and Shuri winning her fight in the movie. Both this program and these movies have cult followings and no one can hate them but people could wish for more with both this movie and the past few seasons of Mississippi state football. That bowl game that, that Mississippi state and Illinois had was stupid fun. Like they, that was crazy. I mean, oh, listen, so, listen it was so good. Yeah. I, so good. I, I hope it's, I hope it's more of that this season. I I'm sure Zach Arnett doesn't want it that way, but I, I hope so. Like that's, that was so much fun. Now we're going to go to LSU. And if I'm being honest, LSU and Auburn were probably the toughest two to uh, to come up with because they are roller coasters of programs over the last five years, both of them. But yeah. for LSU, I've got Ant-Man and the Wasp because both this movie and LSU football exceeded expectations with how they played in the grand scheme of things. I'm talking about LSU last season. Um for LSU, it was bringing in a new character from the independent teams, Brian Kelly, like how they brought Janet back from the quantum realm in Ant-Man. LSU managed to beat all of the odds by starting out the season with a loss to Florida State and managed to win the West in a similar way to Ant-Man losing early in the movie to the FBI, but getting off house arrest in the end. But just like how LSU lost the last game of the regular season last year to Texas A&M and lost their playoff hopes, Scott got lost in the quantum realm, leaving him unable to help the rest of the Avengers for the next five years and also lost his hope in the process and hope as a character. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It... <laughs> okay. It's capitalized. Okay. Yeah, that's that. The last few, I was not drunk because I did them at work today. <laughs> the, you know what? Not seeing, not seeing any of the Ant Man movies. Uh, just the line that you said about Ant Man losing early to the FBI and going on house arrest makes me want to watch it even more because that's a fucking wild ass line. Yes, if you've <laughs> seen them, it makes sense. If not, you're like. Dude, what the fuck just happened? A fucking a fucking superhero on house arrest by the FBI. <laughs> what? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So we're doing Auburn next. And like I said, LSU and Auburn were the toughest, but I think Auburn probably takes the mantle on that. Um, but for that for Auburn, I've got Avengers Age of Ultron. Auburn had who they thought was their savior in Bo Nix, who was obviously coached by Gus Malzahn. 
Turns out that Bo Nix was no one's savior at Auburn, just like how Ultron wasn't the savior in the Avengers. Both went crazy and made a lot of poor decisions, splitting the teams up. Ultron obviously led to the Sokovia Accord that divided the Avengers. And Bo Nix and Gus led to Bo transferring to Oregon to play out of his mind and Gus to go to UCF to get a bunch of uh, SEC transfers. But similarly to the movie, Auburn got a couple of new characters, one of which did not last long, Brian Harson, just like Quicksilver. And then a new character whose sanity is yet to be determined because of a sketchy past, and that is Hugh Freeze. Also, the Avengers lost the Hulk in space in this movie, just like Auburn lost Kevin Steele, who is the driving force behind any of their decent seasons over the last few years. It gets lost that Kevin Steele's in Alabama now. I don't feel like that's been talked about enough by by anybody, uh, really. Yeah, it's just it's what it's weird. It's weird. I don't know. It just it doesn't feel right because I always associate him with Auburn, even though he's you know coached at a billion other places. But well, he coached at Bama back in the day, and then went to Auburn after a few other stops, and then went to a few other stops, and then to Bama. I mean, the man that fucking was there when they invented football. So he's a dinosaur. It was actually Kevin Steele's idea to put the laces on the ball. In case you didn't know, <laughs> Kevin Steele invented the forward pass, or how to just so it can be intercepted. Yeah, there. We, yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's the way we take it away. Okay, we're doing Alabama and then Georgia, and this one was. These were also difficult, but they tie together, which is why they're next to each other. So. Alabama is Avengers Infinity War. Saban is Thanos. It just kind of is what it is. Yeah. For years, Saban ran roughshod through the country for titles, just like Thanos did through the universe looking for Infinity Stones. Thanos had an army of assassins like Saban had an army of five-star players. Some likable, for example, for example, Will Anderson would be, be your Gamora in this situation. And some very much not likable because their attitude outweighs their abilities at Jermaine Burton. They looked unbeatable at a time until they weren't. Looking ahead in the MCU, Thanos ends up retiring to a peaceful planet like we all expect Saban to after a possible next title or 9-3 and three season. The 9-3 and three one's probably more likely at this point. Not to be a hater. For this year, absolutely. Yes. All right, Georgia, I have Avengers Endgame, obviously the sequel to Infinity War because, well, they had to win. It's just how it's how superhero movies go. Well, and some would say the better of the two uh, of those two movies, right? Some would say. Some would say. During the new regime, the Avengers. Oh, I typed that up incorrectly. Hold on. Okay, no, I I did it right. I did it right. I'm just stupid. During the new regime, the Avengers, or the Avengers after the split from Civil War, they lost to Thanos multiple times because they were split up in different areas. In Infinity War, they lost multiple separate battles instead of one large battle. 
Kind of like how Georgia lost Bama in 2018 with a good offense and bad defense, and then in 2020 with a good defense and okay offense. Then Kirby went back to the drawing board by hiring new coaches and deeply investing the offense to bring the two sides back together. Kirby amassed his own army, getting players from all over the country, like the Avengers added the Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain Marvel to end up winning. When it looked like all hope was lost with JT Daniels getting hurt in 2021, the season savior came out of the portal, just like how in the final battle they opened portals to bring people from all over the universe. Stetson came in to save the day. There was also an interception that led to finally getting over the hump in that final battle for the 2021 title game, just like how they took the gauntlet from Thanos at the end of that movie. The only difference is Iron Man doesn't die in the Georgia story. Who did we say that was uh, the Iron Man movie again? Florida. That's Florida, right? Uh, Oh, well, no, they kind of died last year. They did. They <laughs> they, they kind of died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could argue that. Right. Sure. I hope you guys enjoyed this, especially if you're fans of the Marvel movies. And if not, go watch them because they are, they are, I mean, I really like them, but I'm also a person that is willing to take movies on face value to follow along with the story instead of trying to be pissed off at everything. So, you know, some would say we, I'm a salty text. for trying to enjoy entertainment. Yeah, looking at you, Star Wars fans. I take things for face value, but the Disney Star Wars trilogy was trash. I I hadn't watched those. I saw the, the last ones I watched were the prequels, and those weren't very good either. Revenge of the Sith is the second best Star Wars movie, and you can't argue with me. Ooh, that's okay. That's a hot take. That should have been on the last week episode. You're telling me episode three is not better than A New Hope. To be to be perfectly honest, I've watched the first, like the, the original three, and then the, the three prequels, but like once through. So I I really I don't have a strong opinion either way. I'm just, what from what other people said. But you know what? One day we'll uh, we'll get stoned and watch the movies. Me oh, and hell you. Yeah. And uh, and then you'll agree with me because Revenge of the Sith is easily the second best. Some would argue the best. Was that which episode was that? Three. First one. Oh, Jar Jar was not was not in that one, right? If he was, it was only for a few seconds. Oh, I know his skull came up in one of the uh, the newer ones. I just that's Ooh. the one thing I remember hearing about it. Like in the background. Oh. Huh. Like an Easter egg type thing, I think. I could be totally making that up. I have no fucking idea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys. I hope you stuck with us at this point because I know it's been a little bit longer of an episode, maybe not near as much as some of them have been recently. Um, but as always, Instagram, nothing.finer.pod. We are still pushing to... 900 followers so help us out there the twitter is at finer pod and we are still working on trying to get the login information for the twitter um facebook and youtube oh. search us there i i got i got the uh i got the twitter stuff i just i just oh, you did? Recently got into it yeah i re- just recently got into it so started okay. mostly just retweeting stuff not not 
not a whole lot original yet, but you know, we're, uh, we're working on it. Okay. I didn't know you got into it. Um, Facebook and YouTube, the search is there. Make sure it's got our logo. The Facebook group is still the uh, Modified Eagles logo. But we're the only Nothing Finder podcast group on Facebook. The shop will be up for a few more weeks because I'm stupid and forgot which date I started it. So you have until June 6th to order anything you possibly want off of the shop there. Um, Like, follow, subscribe rate review all that kind of stuff and we will send stickers and mike wants to send feet pics if you rate and review the show but if you request no feet pics you will still get a sticker yeah. <laughs> i i mean i can do all kinds of things with my feet so <laughs> if that's your and thing we are going to leave it at that <laughs> make all your fantasies come true with these big fucking hairy ass hobbit feet. <laughs> Always remember, guys, there is nothing finer in the land than a drunken Knoxus, Georgia. Third and a mile. Duggan from the two will throw it all the way across the field. It's picked up by Bullardy. Bullard got it again. And Bennett to throw. Lobs it to the right corner. There's McConkey. He got on his donkey and made a sliding catch in the right corner. Touchdown.